0: David Eicholt, Sean Bach, HawkeyeInsider.com, post-Iowa's final spring practice. Uh, good to be talking to you on a beautiful but very windy day inside of uh, Kinnick Stadium, Sean. But uh, a great crowd. The football, I thought, was a lot better than it was two weeks ago. And, and that's sort of what you want to see throughout spring practice. I mean, obviously, the development. This is just all about individuals getting developed and 65 players. And you know, entering this spring ball, had never gone through a spring ball before. But I think Kirk Ferentz said post post uh, post game today that there's just a sense of these guys really, really locking in and embracing every opportunity that they got out there. Uh, not the other teams in the past haven't, but I think the excitement of just a lot of younger guys being involved in the no spring individual workouts last year, I, I think that contributed to it. But Sean, I think a lot of things to really dive into today but let's just go with your initial takeaway uh what, what did you think about today again great crowd Luca Garza honored pre-game Caitlin Clark and the women's team honored uh post-game but it, it just a, I think it was a really good overall day in Kinnick Stadium
1: yeah as you know Dave it's been pretty <laughs> pretty hectic a lot going on today from this spring ball game NFL draft mm-hmm. um Luka Garza stuff AAU kind of you know a lot a lot going on recruiting stuff so it was definitely definitely a packed day packed weekend but yeah i mean there was definitely a lot that i thought was promising i think you look back on the practice 2 weeks ago and i think right from the start of this practice things just kind of seemed to be more in unison i maybe unison is not a good word to say but i feel like there was just a little more energy and a little more like okay like we know what we're doing like we're used to it like we can I don't know. Like, we I, just – they just seem to be more pep in the step of, like, everything. I Maybe think, that was just I think a crowd like always Tanner. helps, though, too. I mean, it yeah, really does. I'm, I mean, there was a crowd for the last scrimmage, so – or last open practice, so – I did think this I don't know was how much of a crowd – yeah, I don't know how much of a crowd had to do with it. But I also thought, like, right from the bat, I mean, I know it's just drills, but I thought the quarterbacks really seemed to be in rhythm a little bit more. Um, I thought kind of, there just seemed to be more energy across, across the whole practice. And I just think see, things seem to be more smoothly. I think, I think really there was just a lot that got done over the past two weeks. And I think, I mean, that's normal with spring ball. And then I think once you get to the scrimmages, that's when you kind of see stuff explode or kind of, uh, change a little bit and kind of like maybe come back to reality just mm-hmm. a little bit. But I thought overall there was a lot there was a lot to take away. I think this kind of um, talks about or kind of just, you know, sums up all of spring ball in saying that there, there is just a lot to talk about. I mean, we know that Iowa has a lot of guys coming back. We know that there are guys leaving, but I think there are a lot of really intriguing storylines that we can take into the summer months and, mm-hmm. you know, into fall camp. I, I really don't think there's – I think there's a lot on this team that can maybe change as far as – positions like I, I think most position groups are pretty down pat but i mean there are a lot of like backup spots that like are kind of wide open at this yeah. point honestly maybe maybe it's just me that seems that way I, I mean i think that's legitimate
0: it's always tough to speculate with spring ball though too like you said and i think the thing that stands out about this practice and kirk set post practice too there's a lot of injuries right now i mean you look across the board of guys didn't play now i want to clear up something real quick like tyrone tracy didn't practice today Kirk said post practice that he just simply twisted his ankle. It's nothing major, but with the way he's performed, kind of all throughout the spring, you don't even want to risk that whatsoever. Kept him out. Matt Hankins was out. Dane Belton was out. He didn't seem overly concerned with any of them. Yahweh Black, the starting right defensive tackle, was out. But I think, you know, like you said, I think you look across the board about guys who stepped up. I think the first name that pops out to me, at least from today's stuff, Lucas Van Ness, man, he really dominated the line of scrimmage, had a pair of sacks, continued to get in the backfield and was just an overall sort of big force on the Iowa defensive line. And I think you kind of called it out of high school. You know, he wouldn't be a year one impact guy and who knows what type of role he has, but he is definitely showing flashes about, Hey, this could be a guy that you know, does pick up some snaps. And I think you go back to the conversation we had a couple weeks ago with, I think it was Jay Neiman that answered it, but he said, look, we can play nine to 10 guys in the defensive line. And when your big question mark is defensive line, but you hear a defensive line coach say, you know, we could play eight, nine or 10 guys. I think they feel good about the depth. It's just about developing that depth right now.
1: Yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of depth. And we talked about too, how much, you know, maybe of a concern the defensive line is behind the starters right now. But, you know, I think it's more depth, honestly. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. think there's like, sure, you know, it's spring ball defense usually knows what's going on with the offense, but I think there's a lot of really promising depth that you can develop. And I feel like every time we come to doubt a certain position group, especially on the defensive line for Iowa, maybe be like, I don't know about this group. They really show up. And I think seeing Lucas Van S and even Louis Steck, I know Lucas Van S was better today and, you know, show promise the last practice, but also Louis Steck. I thought he was really good the first practice and, you know, showed some stuff today. Um, There are a couple other guys that come to mind that (laughs) aren't coming to mind right now, but those two have been really impressive on the interior. I've really liked what I've seen from those two guys. And I, I think that speaks more to the depth more than anything. I mean, I know we can talk about question marks, but I really think when – I really believe that when they were – Phil Parker was saying, like, we could play 10 guys on the defensive line. I really don't think he was kidding. Yeah. I mean, you hear some of that stuff and you're like, all right, like you guys lose three or four stars from last year. I know Phil Parker is a guy that everyone – you got to trust when he says something because he keeps it real. But – he really like he was really telling the truth on that and you, I think you got to be really excited about this group going into fall or going into summer and going to the fall camp because I mean we haven't even seen um Black yet yeah we haven't seen him and you know all the Logan that he got too yeah Logan Jones too who I think was on crutches today I don't know if it's anything serious I would doubt it um but I mean that's something to note. But I mean you got John Wagner on the edge who made a play or two today. You got Zach Van Balkenberg who I thought was really active. Mm-hmm. Talked about the guys on the interior. Don't I didn't even count Logan Jones and Joe Evans. I mean Joe Evans had a great play today too. There's a lot. There's a lot of potential with this group, and you know this defense I think really can. I mean, even though they lose a lot of those guys, I think this defense honestly can be better than last year's group. And that's kind of crazy.
0: Yeah, it is. And I mean, we haven't even dove in the linebacking room yet, Sean. I mean, you look at Jack Campbell, who I think is going to be a potential all big 10 guy, Seth Benson, who has shown what he can do. And I think one of the biggest takeaways from today, Sean was listening to Kirk Ferentz talk about, you know, guys that really need spring ball and got a lot better because of it. Justin Jacobs was one of the first people he said, he said, look, He's always been a good prospect, but he needed this spring to really get going and to amp up his individual uh, performance and skill set. And he said he took advantage of all 15 days. He said he is a lot better player than he was, he said, 15 days ago. But you know what I mean, 15 practices ago. So I think that's something that's definitely going to be noteworthy as well, because he was one of my favorite prospects when he he landed Iowa, turned down a late offer from Ohio State to get to Iowa. And then you even go on that back end, Sean. I mean, you got Jack Kerner. Uh, Kevon Merriweather, who again, Kirk Ferentz said, this is a guy who's being a leader in the room right now. He's not just playing well, he is playing well, but he's one of the biggest leaders in the room. And then obviously you have Matt Hankins who's back for a fifth year. Xavier Williams, the UNI transfer didn't play today, but man, you know, we, I talked about this two weeks ago, Sean, I think we both did. I think you kind of agreed with me on this, that Riley Moss has been kind of overlooked or underappreciated in some sense because he had the one bad game against Purdue as an underclassman has kind of been I want to say hit or miss because he's been a hit a lot of the time but man Riley Moss has played outstanding this spring I think when you take into account the two practices that have gone on I think he's been arguably Iowa's most complete player obviously you could throw in Lucas Van Ness you could throw in a couple other guys if Tyrone Tracy had played today maybe you'd throw him in there but Riley Moss i think's
1: been absolutely outstanding so far uh this spring yeah and if he played Minnesota every game too i think he would probably be a first or second round pick <laughs> next in next year's draft but i mean i was looking i was like looking at the uh some of the guys that got drafted this year some of the cornerbacks that got drafted and Looking at the size of Riley Moss, I haven't really dug deep into the analytics or anything yet, but I think there's a lot of similarities with some of those guys in Riley. I mean, you talk about how good of an athlete he was in track. I know that straight line speed, but I think there were a couple other mm-hmm. um, testing marks that he had that were really impressive. And I was going through the NFL draft prospects for next year for Iowa, and I put Riley Moss at like three or four on that list, mm-hmm. especially if he can have the season that he has. And, you know, he's been able to make a lot of plays. I mean, we talk about guys that are able to shut down wide receivers and not let the ball get thrown to their side. I mean, obviously that's not going to happen. Like, you've got to be absolutely insane for that to happen or really, really, really good, like top notch. But I think Riley, he's able, like the receivers are able to get open against him. Mm -hmm. But I think some of the plays that he's made during spring have just been very, very impressive and kind of, speaks to his production at that position and his growth. I mean, he's always been a good athlete. always been really fast. But, I mean, he's put on the weight. He's become more physical. He's become really just – kind of just fits the mold, I guess. And you need that, especially with Iowa. I mean, Matt Hankins, yes, he's a good cornerback, but are you going to want him going up against the bigger body receivers? You know? Yeah. Same thing with Xavier Williams. So, I think Xavier Williams is – Kind of, I mean, he's smaller. I don't think he'll go up against. I think you want, you would put him more on guys like I know Romel Moore's in the NFL now, but guys of that speed, sure, that would be a Xavier Williams type matchup. But Riley Moss, I think he's stepping into a role. I know he's been a starter, but I think he's stepping into a role that maybe Julius Brents would have had for sure, Iowa had I he stayed. Yeah, because Julius Brents with his size, he could guard bigger, bigger receivers, and Riley may not be as tall as Brents, but I think he has a lot of the ability that Brents does, except a couple inches shorter. And yeah. that's that's something you
0: like. You know, you know to kind of put a bow on, on the DBs, I mean, you know, it is crazy to think that I don't want to sit here and overhype the defense because there's still so much to do. And spring ball, like you said, it gets to a point where the defense knows the offense better than the offense. I mean, they know where to go, where the play is going, et cetera, et cetera. But you just keep going down the list of these guys and you're thinking, man, there's a lot of potential there man there's a lot of proven playmakers in the secondary man there's consistency among the linebacking group i mean you can go down the list and you're not really feeling particularly worried about any part of the defense i mean i guess if you had to pick one sean i'd probably go defensive tackle i think yahweh blacks could be really good i think logan jones could be good but when you lose a guy like davion nixon the playmaker in the middle You know, obviously you're going to be worried about that, but you have Van Valkenburg on the edge. You're going to have Wagoner and a couple other guys who've played. You're not really that overly worried about the edge guys, but I think Phil Parker has a very, I don't want a potentially elite defense on his hands. I mean, the numbers don't lie for itself the way they did last year. Then you look down the list and they're looking sharp. And I think that if you're an Iowa fan, you have to be excited about what the defense could possibly do. And it just seems like these guys are hungry to continue uh to get better and better
1: yeah for sure and you don't want to say like elite because it's spring i know spring potentially defense, yeah, yeah 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 the defense is supposed to be farther along than the offense but sorry i just gotta text someone defense is supposed to be farther along from the offense at this point and i think like we should talk about the offensive line too i know there are some struggles they've had some guys out obviously having cody ins out hurts was justin bird out there today you know, I didn't see him, but I, I I don't want to say he was out, but I didn't see him. Yeah, so I know there's been con- some concern about the offensive line, and I thought there was some – I think we highlight the defense more because I think it's just nature. It's just human nature. Like You just highlight when guys are making plays. In offensive line, I feel like – or I think everyone would agree, is probably the more underappreciated position. yeah. Yeah. But I thought the defensive line, I thought some of the actions that they were doing with, I know Van Ness had a couple of stunts that left some of the offensive linemen a little confused or some missed assignments. Um, just kind of small stuff that you can, that would turn into bigger stuff, but stuff that you can work on once the season gets closer and brush up on, I think the offensive line would be fine. I know, yeah. I know there's some worry, but I think, I think it'll be fine. I'm, I think one of the big questions going into summer will be, can Jack Plum handle that extra load or that bigger role? I think yeah. that would be one of the big, the big steps.
0: Yeah, I think that's what I'm thinking, too. And I also want to see what happens when Cody Entz comes back healthy and what he can do. Obviously, he's a versatile guy. can play all five positions. But, you know, while you love that versatility, you'd almost rather them dominate in one position than be able to play all five. That's the way I look at it, at least. And I think we said this a couple weeks ago, too. The offensive line usually is going to be the worst position group of any in spring. And I don't think that's an exception this year. Um, I don't think there's any time to really be overly worried. I think I think Barnett's a perfect fit, and it seems like the guys are buying into what he can do. And the guy knows how to coach offensive line. Obviously, the Ferrances do as well. Uh, Sean, we've kind of, I don't want to say delayed this, but I think we have to dive into this because Kirk's, Post-practice comments are kind of, I don't want to say eye popping, but they make you raise an eyebrow. Uh, when asked about the quarterback battle, Kirk he did say there's a tier list. He said, "You know, Spencer's one, and he, you know he's doing like a pyramid. Spencer's one, Hogan and Padir two, Paddy and Hogan. Let me at least put it in that order. And then obviously Connor Capsek three, the walk on. The uh, he doesn't want to say that the Hogan and Padir are closing the gap." But let me let me find that exact quote just so I can actually say it right because it's worth saying in its full context. So what he had said was I think Spencer is improving for sure. Probably the most – probably the more notable are the other guys closing. I don't want to say closing the gap, but moving into the field of consideration. I think Alex is on that upward trajectory. We've seen enough of both those guys to feel good about them. Right now it's Spencer, those two, and then Connor Capsack. So – Again, he's not saying they're closing the, uh, the gap, but Sean, I think the uh, performance on the field kind of says where this quarterback bowels at. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey
1: yeah and i I think more than anything i've been impressed with alex padilla i know we've talked about that decent amount dave um during spring games and during kind of just off the record and stuff but I think the way he's able to manage the game and the way, just the confidence that he shows under center too, I think is really impressive. He doesn't really seem to get rattled. And, you know, coming out of high school, I get it. Like Spencer Peters had some very good power five offers. Deuce Hogan had some very good power five offers. When Alex Padilla committed to Iowa, he didn't have any power five offers. And then Georgia came in with an offer. Yep. So I think, and I think Padilla, Alex will agree with me that, you know, that kind of left him with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. But I also think it kind of gave some people the an idea of that he didn't have those offers is that, yeah, this guy is just a guy that they just need to fill. They just need to fill a spot or they just need to get a quarterback this class. They're like, all right, let's get this guy because we can get him. So I think that's what he kind of maybe thought people thought of him. And I think that's what a lot of people did think of him. And to see him, Excel like he has, because remember, he comes from a really good high school program in Cherry Creek in Colorado.
0: Yeah. Turn out power five guys.
1: Yes. Every year. Like they had, I mean, Miles Purchase who Iowa almost flipped or t- don't let, don't let Iowa state fans um, <laughs> listen to that, but, or <laughs> whatever. Um, I mean, they, they turn out guys every year and Padilla, I mean, Colorado high school football is no joke, especially in the higher conferences. Yeah. So he was and he had great stats out there at cherry Creek his senior and junior year too and i think a lot of reasons that power fives didn't offer him was because of his size i mean he's six i mean he's not like he's not like a Deuce hogan where you know it's like the trend nowadays where your quarterback's got to be a certain size to be recruited yep you got a six four like yeah like the whole look good and shorts thing. And Padilla's 6'1", like, I don't know, 200, 195, something like that, probably a little more. But he he has all the ability. And I think if he was – I think maybe – this might be unfair to say. I might regret it. But I think if he had more of the measurables that people kind of equate with a quarterback nowadays – I think more people would be talking about him making a push. Oh Maybe yeah. I,
0: no, I think you're right. I think that hits the nail on the head. And I think you talk about having a chip on your shoulder. I mean, I remember when I DM'd Alex, Alex Padilla, after he got the, uh, the Georgia offer and I was like, Hey, you still committed to Iowa. You know, I'm just, you know, just doing my thing, checking up on it. And he said, Oh yeah, no, I'm not worried at all. And you know, at the time, I don't know how he feels now. Again, this is a couple of years ago, but he said, you know, I want, I want people to know that I'm a legitimate prospect. I'm a legitimate quarterback. I can do this at this level. And I think until he got the Georgia offer, like you said, I don't think many people took him seriously. And now we see what he, he's doing on the field. You know, he, he has that swagger. He has that comfortability. Granted, he has not started in a Big Ten game or anything like that. But, I mean, like you said, he looks good. He looks good. Not I mean, nothing elite, but his accuracy, like I said, the way he runs the offense – He's able to get out of the pocket. He's got some nice shiftiness and speed to him. He has played as well as I think anybody could have asked him to do uh, this spring. And I think, you know, you look back at Kirk Ferentz, said when he said the upward trajectory, he's, you know, he's doing the hand gesture like a stock market with his with his arm. About he's just going up and up and up. And I think he, again, he played well two weeks ago. I thought he played just as well today.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you, no doubt. Um wait, were you talking about Padilla, right? Padilla, yeah, not Pedro. Sorry. No. Sorry, I was t- I was texting someone. Um, yeah, I I mean I my thing in the quarterback situation is we talk about Deuce Hogan, all right, for yeah. obvious reasons. Was a really coveted guy, you know, has that quarterback moxie that you like, that you want your quarterback to have and the upside. But, man, like, just the way Padilla is able to manage a game and the way he's able to just – he just looks very comfortable out there. And I know it's tough because it's spring ball. You don't want to overreact. You don't want to measure it. Yeah. He just has – the he just has, like, something about – he has that moxie that I think he won.
0: I think so, too. I think he's going to need some in-game – experience, but I also think that hanging into the summer, <clears throat> I I don't think Spencer's job secure anymore. I really don't. This again, this is nothing I've heard on the, you know, on behind the scenes or anything like this is just my speculation. I don't think that Spencer has the job wrapped up. Do I think he starts week one? Yeah, I do. I do think, but I think Padilla and Hogan, especially Padilla right now, I think he's going to push him. And I think that's good for the room because Ultimately, at the end of the day, Sean, a couple of things that you take away from today and take away throughout spring. Iowa's best players got better, and they had guys who needed to step up, have taken strides, at least, and they've shown flashes. Can they put together consistently on game day? We'll see, but you think about guys like Tyler Goodson, Tyler Linderbaum, Tyrone Tracy, Riley Moss, all these guys, they've gotten better, and that's not my word for it that – you know, obviously they've shown some flashes on the field, but you listen to coaches and what they've been saying that they all agree, but Iowa needs better quarterback play. If they want to win the big 10 West, it feels like we've said that every year. I think the same is going to be true this year. I think the potential is there. I think there are things that need to be cleaned up. I think the offensive line needs to continue to get better and put together more consistency and they need to get healthy. Obviously. I mean, both lines, I think need to get healthy, but the potential is there. And I'm very curious, heading into summer, there's a lot of storylines to look out for. I mean, you thought last year was crazy with COVID. I mean, obviously it's crazy for different reasons, but as far as the roster and guys who could play and what roles guys could have, I mean, Sean, this is going to be as interesting as of an offseason as I think we've had in a long time.
1: Yeah, most definitely. And I said earlier today that, you know, you talk about the starters, like those kind of seem really locked in outside of maybe, maybe the offensive line on the interior outside of color shot, maybe that other guard spot. We'll see what happens with tackle. But I think Jack Plum and Cody and seem to have that down quarterback. I mean, I mentioned that defense, everything kind of seems to be locked in, but I mean, those backup spots and we've seen before with Iowa, like that next man in mentality, you got to have guys that are ready to play. Mm-hmm. Um, you gotta have guys that are ready to play and ready to come in right away. And I think that that's why it makes the backup job so important. And, you know, really, really important for the future and really important for the season because you're gonna have guys that, God forbid, injuries are gonna happen. And you're gonna you're gonna need guys to step up. And that's what Iowa needs. And that's why those backup spots are so important. When you look at the backup tight end, I think there's legitimate
0: competition there. The running back, by the way, I'll say this. I was impressed again with Gavin Williams. I think Gavin Williams is going to have a very legitimate chance to get some decent carries this season. I know Ivory Kelly Martin, if he comes back healthy, he's going to obviously be competing for a role. But Gavin Williams, he showed what he could do two weeks ago. But again, I was impressed with him. As far as having a knack and that shiftiness, he's shown me something this spring in that area he's never struck me as a guy who i don't want to say shies away from contact sean that's not because he usually tries to run through people a very straight line at least he was in high school but cutbacks jukes shiftiness he, he just looks so much more comfortable as a running back than he ever did before
1: yeah and i think that backs up what i said what i've been saying too on our vip message boards about how uh, Williams has been able to perform in spring, because I think Iowa has him at number two right now Yeah, with LaShawn Williams at number three. And I mean, this is another storyline. I'll be interested to see how that kind of changes when Ivory Kelly Martin comes back. Who knows how long it's going to take for him to really get custom to the offense and get back and feel comfortable, honestly.
0: So keep, keep it on the offensive side. We'll do a quick breakdown here. Again, Sean, wide receivers, Nico Regani, Tyron Tracy are both out. Not not the best day for the wide receivers. I mean, I don't know how many of those guys will actually play this fall, the ones who got a lot of snaps. But I do think it's worth noting that, I mean, you look at – I mean, I thought Arlen Bruce played fantastic today, especially in that two-minute drill when he had the deflection – uh, there was a deflected pass he caught, got him down to the five-yard line. Keegan Johnson, again, I think showed some nice things. I don't think he got as many opportunities as he did in the first practice, but, I mean, those two guys continue to make a push. And I believe, if I remember correctly, Kirk Ferentz is talking about the tier list, of the wide receivers. He said Keegan is on the level of Desmond Hudson, Desmond Hudson and uh, those guys right now. I think he said only Tyrone, Nico, I think he threw Charlie Jones just below those first two, but then barely below Jones. That's where uh, that's where Keegan Johnson is right now. So I'm interested to see if Keegan can continue to work his way up. I think he will, and I'd be very surprised if if he didn't play. I don't want to say a significant role this fall, Sean, but he's going to be a rotational receiver for sure. I think. I, I think red shirting at this point. Don't you know? Again, this is my speculation. I think red is off the table at least for Keegan Johnson.
1: Yeah, and I've heard good stuff about Arlen Bruce as well. And I think you saw that in the scrimmage, how much the ball was thrown to him. I know it's second string, but he got some work with the first team as well. I, I've i heard a lot of good things about his explosiveness out of the slot. And, you know, Iowa can use him in different packages if they want to. I know they want to use Tyler Goodson in the Wildcat, but they could also use Arlen back there for maybe, hey, like a couple of read options or something like that. Gabe maybe make some. Them-
0: Yeah. So there's versatility. There's versatility with these guys. And I mean, what if they throw Arlen Bruce back in that wildcat as well? I mean, you throw Tyler there, throw Arlen there. I mean, Brian Ferentz has a chance to be very creative with this team and really quick. And all you get back to your point, Sean, is that I thought Iowa ran a lot of shotgun today and I'm interested to see how much that's going to translate the fall. And I guess my first thought about this is the reason why they're doing that is because when is Spencer Petras is most accurate based on statistics it's when he gets the ball out of his hands in 2.5 seconds or less. And if he's in the shotgun, I think it allows him an opportunity to go around those fake read options or deliver quick strikes to his receivers.
1: Yeah. Without, without a doubt. I, I agree with you.
0: Yeah. The receivers will be interesting outside the, I think again, the top two are Nico and, and Tyrone. I think Keegan can catch up to Charlie. Uh, again, my speculation there. Uh trying to think down the list here, tight ends. I mean, obviously Sam Laporte is the number one. I think it's a crap shoot after that. Oh, you know, we do need to talk about Sean. Cause he may his return today. uh, Josiah Meeman, I thought showed some nice, nice hands today. Uh, he's back after missing a week's worth of team team affiliate activities after his, um, incident in, in downtown Iowa city. But I, I was, I was impressed with what he showed. And I think that if he can continue to show those flashes, you know, it, that backup spot, I still think is completely wide open.
1: Yeah, he. I liked what I saw from him. I think there was a little bit of rust. I, I was told that in the middle or during the when he came back that he was working with the team. They had him involved, kind of doing normal stuff. And I think there's there's still a little bit of a ways to go with him. I think the potential is there, but I think mentally he just needs to figure things out. And you know that's the case with a lot of young players. I've also heard good things about Elijah Yelverton how he kind of looks, he kind of has the makeup of an NFL tight end, honestly. He just yeah, he needs does. to he just needs to figure out the playbook and get there mentally too. But I think Luke Lachey right now is probably the guy at that point. But, hey, like I said, that's one of the pieces that – one of the position groups that's going to be talked about a lot this offseason because we really don't know. I think Lachey has that edge as the backup. And, I mean, I wouldn't even consider it backup. I'd just consider it the number two tight end. But I think you got. I think maybe today I put Yael Verdon at number three, and then Min at number four. Honestly,
0: that's kind of my tier list as well. I think right now, I think you make a good point. Probably stop calling it the backup tight end. He probably is the number two right. tight end at this point, especially with all two tight end sets. Uh, any other main position groups we sort of missed on? I know we just kind of did a hodgepodge and jumped around to every position group. But I think we, uh, I think we got all about all of them.
1: Yeah, I I would definitely say so. I know that we'll have a lot more on the site, too, that we can run through and we can talk about. Um, and we'll do a
0: full spring yeah. wrap-up here soon, too. I mean, I figured we'd just be able to shoot what kind of our takeaways were from today. Again, it's one practice out of 15, but I do think the final practice is notable in terms of what you see on the field because this is kind of the, the before and after comparison.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely, and, it's going to be – summer's going to be fun. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, lot of intrigue, without a doubt.
0: Uh, any final takeaways for you, Sean? I, I, I mean, I, I guess my only one would be – I said earlier, I'm going to repeat it. I think Spencer Petras will be the starting quarterback, but I do think that I think the competition is sort of more open than it has been all season – all offseason.
1: Yeah, I, I have to agree with you on that.
0: So, all right, David Eichel, Sean Bach, HawkeyeInsider.com. Be sure to follow us at SBach247, at David Eichel, at Hawkeyes on 247. And flash sale, 50% off of an annual subscription to HawkeyeInsider.com. Get the most in-depth, exclusive, and complete coverage uh, of your Iowa Hawkeyes. The details about that sale are up at HawkeyeInsider.com. It's only going to be running – for another two days so be sure to uh top on board for that but uh until then we'll talk to you soon thanks you ready for this yeah if is the most original and heartfelt movie in years magic like this comes around once in a lifetime this friday experience it with your whole family can we do it again if ready pg